When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League Sunday 12th of August 2018 Arsenal v Manchester City Kickoff 4pm Contents Manager Voice of Arsenal Player feature Hector Bellerin The Academy 100 years On this day 100 Reasons to Love Arsenal Tales of the Century Stats Program Feature Quote Arsenal Women Visitors Manchester City Community Pre-Season Life at the Top Country File My Story Teams. The head coach, Unai Emery. It's an historic occasion as our new head coach takes charge of the team for the first time in a competitive match this afternoon. Info, born on Arabia, Spain, November the 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager... Loca Deportivo, Almeria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, Paris Saint-Germain. Who and I was speaking to Chris Harris. I would like to start these notes by once again stating how proud I am to be the head coach of this special club. For me, it's an honour, a great challenge, and I can tell you all that we will make everything happen for this to be a successful chapter for Arsenal. I said this when I first started my work here but I again want to explain that the team will work very hard to get the results this club demands. I can't promise you that we will win, but I can promise that we will all work together with emotion and total commitment. The task in front of us is to work hard and implement our quality. It is a step-by-step process, but for me there are two main objectives – The first is to be among the best in Europe, and the second is to make the fans proud of this side. I know they are already, but I want them to be even more so. On the subject of the supporters, 
I really want to thank you all for the way you have welcomed myself and my staff since we joined the club. As soon as I joined, I received many messages of support from fans all around the world, and I can tell you that having the backing of you all means very much to me. I already had an idea of how global this club is, but that became even more apparent during pre-season. The way the fans supported us at Boreham Wood, in Singapore, in Dublin and in Sweden was special, and I'm sure you will stand by us at Emirates Stadium and away from home this season too. Let me explain that you are very important for our success. We want this club to be united and together. That is key for us and can really push the team to achieve our ambitions. Our pre-season preparations will help us with that as well. The hard work began as soon as I joined, and all the players have worked well tactically, technically and physically to make sure they are completely ready for today's game. Everybody has worked with the ambition that I want. We are working to improve in each match and in each training session, but today we need to show on the pitch our performance at a big level. The position is demanding for our best moments tactically and also individually. That's why I want first to be together with our supporters. It helps, if we're together, for the players to show their best performance and to transmit with every supporter the quality, the energy and the spirit to go forward against Manchester City. My first message is clear. Think about each match. Enjoy the challenges of each match. I am looking every day and the players are smiling in training with a big collective spirit. They are working and finishing tired, but with a smile also on their face. For me, that is the best message I can give the supporters. My identity, my idea, is to continue to work on tactical details in order to give the players more options in the games. We want to play with our personality and show our quality, knowing also that they are the last winners of the Premier League. We want to believe in ourselves, believe in our way and show the opposition the quality we have. For us, it is about sticking together, even when we have setbacks. We must remain grounded when we win and united when we don't. If we stay together as a group, we will have the individual and collective strength to excel. The quality of the team is there, the support of the fans is there, so let us start the right way and make sure the result is there today too. From Emery Angle, every matchday programme, we provide extra insight into the life and times of our new head coach. Unai was born on November the 3rd, 1971, in Onda as it's known locally in Basque Country, or Fuenterabia, as it's more widely known in Spain. The border town sits on the very northeastern tip of Spain and faces the French town of Vendée across the Singudi Bay. Its location means it has been the scene of several battles down the years, notably when it was reclaimed by Charles I in 1524 after three years of French occupation and, later, when it was besieged by Louis XIII of France in 1638. Life in the town, which still features ancient walls and a castle, is more sedate these days, and, as well as housing a prestigious rowing club, Underibia has boasted a team in the Spanish Women's Basketball League. And, as if Unai wasn't enough, another notable sportsman to emerge from the town is Jose Maria Olazabal, the two-time US Masters winning golfer.
voice of Arsenal. Welcome, Unai. Today is a momentous day for Arsenal. Unai Emery takes charge of his first competitive match as head coach. As you know, the 46-year-old, who is the 19th man to take charge on full-time basis, was appointed this summer following Arsene Wenger's decision to leave the club. Unai had spent two years at Paris Saint-Germain, landing a domestic treble in 2017-18, and before that he had led Sevilla to an unprecedented three straight Europa League titles. A former midfielder, Unai started his coaching career at Lauta de Bortiva in 2005 and went on to coach Almeria, Valencia and Spartak Moscow before Sevilla and PSG. Unai is joined by Juan Carlos Casedo and Steve Bald, first team assistant head coaches, Pablo Villeneuve, first team coach, Darren Burgess, director of high performance, Julian Massach, strength and conditioning coach, Javi Garcia and Sal Bibo, goalkeeping coaches, and Victor Manas, data and video analyst. Sleeve partner, visit Rwanda. You've probably noticed a slight change to our kit this season. The Rwanda Development Board, through its subsidiary, the Rwanda Convention Bureau, has become our first sleeve partner as part of the country's drive to become a leading global tourist destination. The three-year deal also sees Visit Rwanda become our official tourism partner and the logo will feature on the left sleeve of all our teams. Rwanda is one of the fastest-growing economies in Africa with a booming tourist sector that has seen visitor numbers double in the last decade. Leading the way. On Friday, Unai revealed the following about the captaincy situation. The captain of this group is Laurent Koscielny, who is injured at the moment. After Laurent, our other captains are Petr Ketch, Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Udzil and Granit Zaka. I want leaders in the team, every player at every time, to have the capacity to show leadership. But these are the five players who have a possibility to be the captain. If you're looking for the captain's notes this issue, you won't find them. But have no fear, Laurent returns to the club next week following a period of recovery abroad and will be in harness for the West Ham programme. We will hear from Laurent, our second longest serving player, having joined us in the summer of 2010, throughout the season, along with other members of the leadership group. Follow us on social media. Not following us on social media yet? Keep up to date with everything in the world of Arsenal by checking us out on these platforms. Facebook.com forward slash Arsenal. Twitter.com forward slash Arsenal. Instagram.com forward slash Arsenal. Add official AFC. YouTube.com forward slash Arsenal. Flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash official Arsenal. And dugout.com forward slash Arsenal. Bag it. In every domestic programme this season, kit partner Puma is giving away this classy Arsenal shoulder bag. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Who scored our winning goal on the opening day of last season? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, August 17th, please. One entry per person. Incomings. Unai Emery isn't our only recent arrival. 
we've also strengthened our squad this summer by signing no fewer than five new players. Stefan Leichsteiner, who will wear number 12, signed in June, and was joined a fortnight later by Bemd Leno. Also arriving from the Bundesliga is our new number five, Socrates Papastathopoulos, while Lucas Torreira has joined from Sampdoria. Lucas has been allocated the squad number 11, while Matteo Guenduzzi, bought from French side Lorient, will wear number 29. Transfer window shut. As you'll likely know by now, the Premier League transfer window closed at 5pm on Thursday. Despite us now not being permitted to sign players until January, we can sell players to clubs outside of the Premier League until whenever the window closes in the league to which a player is being transferred. In most cases, this is August 31st. And outgoings. On June 30th, we said goodbye to a number of players whose contracts had ended. We would like to thank Mark Bowler, Santi Katsola, Alex Crean, Vlad Dragomir, Aaron Ayama, Yasin Fortune, Ryan Hurdart, Chiori Johnson, Hugo Keto, Tafari Moore and Jack Wilshire. Meanwhile, Lucas Perez has signed for West Ham. Jeff Rain Adelaide has left for Angers. Chuba Agpom has joined Payok. And Joe Virginia has moved to Everton. Callum Chambers will spend this season at Fulham, while Takuma Asano, Kelechi Nwokali and Matt Macy have been loaned to Hanover 96, Porto and Plymouth, respectively. New contracts. Congratulations to Alex Awobi, Emile Smith-Rowe, Dayan Iliev, Callum Chambers, Granite Zaka and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, all of whom committed their futures to the club over the course of the summer. Retro covers. The eagle-eyed among you may have noticed that the new cover design for this season's issue isn't new at all. As part of our celebration of 100 seasons in the top flight, every league programme this season will feature a retro cover. This issue is a painstakingly updated version of a 1974-75 classic. Check out our 100 Years central section of the programme for all the details. Mesut's a perfect 10. Mesut Ozil will wear the number 10 shirt for us this season. Our playmaker had worn number 11 on his back since joining us from Real Madrid in the summer of 2013, but he has changed his number after Jack Wilshire's move to West Ham. Elsewhere, Petr Ketch will wear number 1 this season. Hector Bellerin has moved from number 24 to number 2. Mohamed Elneny is our new number 4. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is number 15. And Granit Zaka has changed from number 29 to number 34. Real Madrid to visit the Emirates. What are you up to on Saturday, September the 8th? If you're free, we've got just the event for you. Arsenal Legends are hosting Real Madrid Legends at Emirates Stadium and tickets are still available. Just head to arsenal.com forward slash tickets to get yours. The match, which kicks off at 2pm, is being held to raise money for the Arsenal Foundation. We'll be hoping to avenge a 2-1 defeat at the Bernabeu in June in our first match at the stadium since Thierry Henry gave us that historic 1-0 win in 2006. Louis Figo picked out Roberto Carlos for a cross that Raul headed beyond David Seaman. Louis Boamorte equalised but Guti's winner ensured most of the near 70,000 crowd went home happy. Our inaugural Legends match against AC Milan Glory in 2016 raised £1 million to build football pitches locally and internationally. Arsenal partner Tidal. 
we're delighted to launch a new partnership with global music and streaming platform Tidal that celebrates our shared commitment to developing young talent. The agreement gives Arsenal members access to Tidal's extensive music library, including the likes of Jay-Z's 13th studio album, 444, and unique content including 21 Savage's 30 Days with 21 Savage, Rick Ross's album, annotations and more. Subscribers can access over 50 million songs, 200,000 videos, carefully curated playlists and a variety of exclusive content. We're also collaborating to create exclusive content. And first up, Danny Welbeck, Hector Bellerin and Reese Nilsson have combined their ultimate playlist at tidal.com forward slash arsenal. On this day, 1996, Bruce Rio leaves Arsenal. Coming up on Saturday, we're away at Chelsea in the Premier League while our under-18s travel to Brighton. Here are the three fastest top speeds from our last game of last season, the 1-0 win at Huddersfield Town, as recorded by Opta. We'll be keeping speedsters throughout this season and we'll print the results in forthcoming matchday programmes. Number one, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 33.5 kilometres an hour. Number two, Hector Bellerin, 33.2 kilometres an hour. And number three, Sied Kolasinac, 32.7 kilometres an hour. Welcome, Acronis. We've signed a new global partnership with leading technology company Acronis as our official data backup partner. The announcement came at a special event in Singapore during our pre-season tour. Acronis is a global leader in data protection and hybrid cloud storage, and as part of the agreement, it will deliver efficient and secure data protection for our data, which includes storage of every first team and academy training session recorded at our training ground in Colney. This amounts to 8 terabytes of data a year, or the equivalent of 875 matches. The partnership will run for three years and entitles Equinus to LED signage around the pitch at every domestic home match. They will also have access to first-team players and legends to support Aquinas' aim to increase brand awareness globally. Matchball Sponsor Today's Matchball Sponsors come from across the pond and had this message. As avid Arsenal fans in the US, we're living our dream of cheering on Arsenal here at the Emirates. Happy 16th birthday, Gabriel. Let's get this season started with a win. Arsenal on the telly. No fewer than eight of our Premier League fixtures before the end of November have been rescheduled as a result of being selected for live TV coverage. Chelsea versus Arsenal, Saturday, August 18th, kick-off 5.30pm, originally 3pm, live on BT Sport. Cardiff City versus Arsenal, Sunday, September 2nd, originally Saturday, September 1st, kick-off 1.30pm, live on Sky Sports. Arsenal versus Everton, Sunday, September 23rd, originally Saturday, September 22nd, kick-off 4pm, live on Sky Sports. Fulham versus Arsenal, Sunday, October 7th, kick-off 12pm, live on BT Sport. Arsenal versus Leicester City, Monday, October 22nd, kick-off 8pm, live on Sky Sports. Crystal Palace versus Arsenal, Sunday, October 28th, kick-off 1.30pm, live on BT Sport. Arsenal versus Liverpool, Saturday, November 3rd, kick-off 5.30pm, live on BT Sport. And Bournemouth versus Arsenal, Sunday, November 25th, kick-off 1.30pm, live on Sky Sports.
Meanwhile, our home game against Wolverhampton Wanderers will now take place on Sunday, November the 11th, with kick-off at 4.30pm, and the first North London derby of the season will take place here at Emirates Stadium on Sunday, December 2nd. Kick-off to be confirmed. Finally, our trips to Manchester United on Tuesday, December the 4th and Southampton on Saturday, December 15th will be rearranged with details to follow in due course. Dial Square Revamp As part of our commitment to delivering world-class hospitality and following a successful refurbishment of the Royal Oak Bar three seasons ago, we have renovated Dial Square this summer. A celebration of the club's origins, Dial Square is named after the Woolwich Arsenal Armament Factory football team formed in 1886. The new designs were created by Agency 2020, which has worked with Arsenal since 2002 and has brought to life a variety of original and inspiring spaces around club level. Dial Square has an industrial spirit that centres around a social courtyard, inviting fans to immerse themselves in the matchday build-up. The transformation of Dial Square also brings a new dining experience to club level, from freshly made pizza, straight from the Premier League's first in-stadium open flame pizza oven, to succulent rotisserie chicken. Club level guests are welcome on match days without pre-booking. Cheap drinks before kick-off. Up to 45 minutes before kick-off, fans can buy drinks at a discounted price. Quench your thirst with draft pints of Carlsberg, Tetley and Summersby for just £3.50 each. And don't rush off after the game, avoid the crowds and stay and enjoy a drink. Draft pints are again only £3.50. Bars open level 0, green 25, yellow 32, orange 9 and green 17. Bars open level 3, orange 91, orange 103, blue 112 and green 125. Tweets. Some of our favourite tweets from around Arsenal world. Alexander Iwobi tweeted, Really pleased to extend my contract and commit my future to this special club. From under six to big 17, so many people have helped me. Thank you. Grateful to our new manager for the faith shown in me and our fans for the love, support and patience. Excited for 1819. Hashtag Gunners. And Rob Holden tweeted, I must have got a head start with a picture of him leading the way. Aubameyang tweeted, running to the game, like hashtag AFC, CFC, hashtag Aubameyang, hashtag PEA14, hashtag A. Emiliano Martinez tweeted, welcome to the at Arsenal family, Hermano, at El Torreira34, hashtag Uruguay, hashtag Vamos. And Mesut Odzil tweeted, pure anticipation, at Premier League, hashtag Yaganazia, at Arsenal. Wordsmith. Anfield 89, Copenhagen 94, two of Arsenal's greatest triumphs in the modern era. Both matches defined by the goal-scoring prowess of one man, Alan Smudger Smith. Honest, insightful and authoritative. Heads Up reveals what it was like forging a career in the tough first division of old before the glitz of the Premier League, the ins and outs of playing for George Graham and rooming with Gaza, the truth behind Anfield 89, which team could have been the first invincibles, how the highs of the game can quickly be converted into morale-sapping lows and how injury really does affect a career. After 20 years of writing for the Daily Telegraph, Alan Smith has done what few ex-professionals are able to do, describe in his own words what it's really like to play the game. Report it. 
Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777, together with a description of the incident. We're proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Michael Oliver, Ref Watch. The man in charge for the first match of the Unai Emery era is Michael Oliver from Northumberland. Mr Oliver, who also refereed Arsene Wenger's final game, is an official we know very well. Today's fixture will be the 21st he's refereed involving us since the start of the 2015-16 season. Here's our full recent record with him. 2017-18, Chelsea nil. Arsenal nil, Premier League, three yellow cards. Manchester City, three. Arsenal, one in the Premier League, uh, six yellow cards. Palace, two. Arsenal, three in the Premier League, one yellow card. Arsenal, two. Chelsea, one in the League Cup. Huddersfield, nil. Arsenal, one in the Premier League. 2016-17. Arsenal, three. Liverpool, four in the Premier League, three yellow cards. Arsenal, three. Chelsea, nil in the Premier League. Bournemouth, three. Arsenal 3 in the Premier League, 3 yellow cards. Sutton 0, Arsenal 2, Emirates FA Cup, 2 yellow cards. Palace 3, Arsenal 0 in the Premier League, 1 yellow card. Tottenham 2, Arsenal 0 in the Premier League, 3 yellow cards. Arsenal 3, Everton 1 in the Premier League, 2 yellow cards and 1 red card. 2015-16, Arsenal 0, Liverpool 0 in the Premier League, 1 yellow card. Tottenham Hotspur, two, Arsenal two in the Premier League, three yellow cards and one red. Hector Bellerin. Of course I watched the World Cup. On the days where there were no games at all, I really didn't know what to do with myself. Now into his eighth season at the club since joining from Barcelona as a teenager in 2011, Hector Bellerin is one of the elder statesmen in the new-look Arsenal team this year. With more than 150 appearances to his name, only four current players have more, the Spaniard, though still 21 years old, is also one of the more experienced heads in the squad. Taking on the number two shirt in the summer as well, Hector is expected to be one of our leaders as we embark on a new era under his compatriot, Une Emery. And with a full pre-season behind him, Hector is optimistic ahead of the 2018-19 campaign as he outlined to the matchday programme when we sat down with the defender recently. Hector, what did you get up to over the summer? I started off by going back to Spain to see my family for three or four weeks and enjoyed going to a few weddings. I mainly just went there to be with my parents and grandparents and my sister. I literally just chilled, just relaxed. I didn't move from home for a week. Then I headed over to Canada first and went to the Montreal Grand Prix. I got invited by Lewis Hamilton, and it was great to see how him and his team work behind the scenes and all the little details that they have to manage. It was great to see how hard they work and to learn about it. Then I was with Kieran Gibbs in LA, doing a little bit of work towards pre-season. It was better for us to be in a warm place and away from home to disconnect. 
It's been my first long summer because from under 17s to under 19s Euros to under 21s last summer, I haven't really had the chance to actually switch off for more than three weeks before. I made the most of it and recharged my batteries to be ready for the season. Did you avoid football completely or did you watch the World Cup? Of course I watched the World Cup. On the days where there were no games at all, I really didn't know what to do with myself. I think it was such an entertaining one for everyone, even for people who haven't watched football before. They were so caught up in it, and I think it was great for football and for society as a whole. Spain's tournament started badly with a change of manager. I think it shook the dressing room. They had been training with someone for two years, and then the day before there's a complete change. We weren't ready for that after what happened. It was hard to see my country lose. But I think it was excellent to see the smaller teams fight for spots towards the end. Even Croatia. People who know football know that they had the right team and they could make it really far. But it still caught a lot of people by surprise. Overall, I think it was a really good World Cup. Did you speak to Nacho afterwards? Yes, I spoke with him. He was upset, of course. He was really excited to be part of the squad and to share that World Cup with players that he's been in the under-21s with years ago. So for him, it was amazing to get the call-up. He was obviously a bit upset that he couldn't get onto the pitch, but I'm sure he made the most of it. On to Arsenal. What was your reaction when your compatriot Une Emery was announced as head coach? I was really happy to have someone from Spain. I think Spain has some of the best coaches around the world and the methodology that they have with football is to be very, very conscious tactically and then to enjoy your football. That's something that I think our team is fully capable of. I've got teammates in the national team who have been with him and everyone has spoken very good words about him. Not just him, but the staff he's coming with as well. We've been training really hard with them already and they're people who tell you what they want. It's very easy for us to grasp the ideas that they have and how to translate that onto the pitch. They're very honest, very direct, and I think that's what this team needs. What differences have you noticed so far? I think the training has fully changed. Arsene had different views of football than the new head coach has, so obviously it's changed. From the gym sessions that we had before training to the sessions on the pitch and the running, everything has changed. Also, the analysis and use of videos is different. Every single coach in the Premier League these days has a different way of viewing football and different ideas. A lot of people and staff have changed and he wants to give himself the best chance to make this team successful. He wants us to be a team that, first of all, doesn't concede goals. Licksteiner is someone that has great character and is a born winner. What has he said about how he wants Arsenal to play? We've seen that he wants us to be a team that, first of all, doesn't concede goals. I think that's something that has always been important for his team, whether he was at PSG or Sevilla. You can see that his teams are very compact and they compete for every single ball, and that's what's made him so successful. He has had a lot of success with teams that probably weren't the best technically or didn't have the best players, but they fought till the end and he's showing that to every single player and that's the way he wants us to be involved. Have you been helping Unai with his English at all? Definitely. On the first day we met, he told me that he wanted to try and speak English to everyone, even to me. And I said, 
I'll speak English to you if you need any help with words. I'm going to be there to help, and we have players like Shokran who can speak Spanish, for example, and Petter and Emmy, so many players who can help. But he's making a great effort, and it's still early stages, but I think he showed a lot of respect from day one. He's doing everything in English. He hasn't used anyone to translate him or anything, and he's putting in 100%, and I think that shows a lot of respect to the players and the club. There have been plenty of changes in personnel over the last year. So who is your main competition in the sprint tests now? We've got Alba now. We've got loads of young players, people that are really quick, like Eddie, like Rice. You see the young players who are coming through the ranks and they're very athletic and they're ready to take anyone on and that's very good to see. At the end of the day, as long as between each other we can help the team get better with our pace and whatever assets we have, that's what's important. Finally, one of the arrivals is Stefan Lichsteiner. As a fellow right back, is he someone you have watched much in the past? Definitely. He's a player I've looked at as an example for years. He's someone who is very professional. He knows when to go forward and when to stay back. And, as a lot of people saw in the World Cup, he's someone that has great character and is a born winner. He does well in the dressing room as well. I want to learn from every single episode that happens in my life. And if now I have the opportunity to share a position and dressing room with such a great player, with such experience and character, I'm sure what he will bring to the dressing room will be great. Obviously, I won't miss the opportunity to learn from him. Season by season stats. 2013-2014. One appearance as substitute. 2014-2015. 25 appearances plus three as substitute, two goals. 2015-2016. 44 appearances, one goal. 2016-2017. 35 appearances plus seven as substitute, one goal. 2017-2018. 46 appearances plus one as substitute, three goals. Total, 150 appearances plus 12 as substitute, seven goals. Premier League stats, 2017-18. Minutes played, 2,499. Goals, one. Assists, four. Tackles, one. 19. Passes completed, 1,179. Touches, 2,069. Chances created, 28. Interceptions, 36. Clearances, 47. Duels won, 114. Stars of the Future Arsenal Academy Young Gun First-year scholar Stan Flaherty. Meet the teams. All of our scholars and young pros listed. Under-23s. Freddie's back. Player of the Year. Reese Nelson's Award. In every programme this season, we take an in-depth look at the Arsenal youth teams, profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports. Young Gun, Stan Flaherty, born December 5th, 2001, Hillingdon, height 5 foot 10 inches, joined under 11s, position 
Position, midfield. School, Queen's Mead School, Ryslip. Boots, Adidas. I really enjoyed these first few weeks of the season. I had to get used to training every day and especially the pre-season work. That can be demanding until your body adjusts. I learned very quickly to get as much sleep as possible to allow for full recovery so I could get the most out of training the next day. We've just got back from a pre-season tour of Germany, which went well on and off the pitch. It helps us bond even better as a squad. There are nine first years this season and we know each other very well. We know each other's games and strengths and that helps on the pitch. The tour helped us get to know the second years better plus Kate, the psychologist, came with us and developed exercises to help reinforce team spirit and to help us generally in our efforts to eventually become professional footballers. Training is going well. There have been some adjustments because of the weather and we're having our second session later in the afternoon when it's a little cooler. But otherwise, things are pretty much the same as last season when I was involved for a couple of games. We've also met with Unai Emery, who spoke with us and explained that he's looking to give young players a chance. He's shown that in pre-season, especially with Emile Smith-Rowe and the other young players who have continued to progress from last season. I'm naturally a playmaking, attacking midfielder. I was first spotted by Arsenal at around eight years of age, playing for my Sunday side, but I'd already been approached by Watford. I was there for a couple of seasons, but the Arsenal scout kept in touch and I decided to join the Gunners as an under-11, so this is my sixth year in the academy. I have two career highlights so far. One was scoring in a tournament in the Czech Republic to beat PSG, and the other was playing at Wembley against Reading in the Nike Cup. That was a memorable experience, and one I hope to repeat. There's a lot of competition for places in my position, so my immediate target is to try to play as many games as possible for the under-18s. That means giving everything in training and in games, but also doing all that's needed to stay fit and available. The demands of full-time football increase the likelihood of injury, so recovery and all the treatments and nutrition helps. I watch and learn from all players I'm similar in style to. The main player I look to learn from is Andreas Iniesta. His positioning, passing range, movement and more are just superb. I also like to learn from younger players too. Hopefully one of them will feature today because I love watching Phil Foden. He was excellent in the Community Shield last week. He's very tactically aware and I most like the way that he plays on the turn. So he's always ready to make attacking moves. Manchester City are favourites for the title, but I really believe we'll claim all three points today. It's the first game of the season and everyone in the team will be looking to impress the new boss. 
Facts. What's your first memory of football? Watching Arsenal v Blackburn when I was very young. Who got you into playing football? My dad. Who was your childhood hero? David Beckham. Which team did you support as a child? QPR. Who had the biggest influence on your career to date? Dad. What's the best goal of all time? Roberto Carlos free kick at La Tornua. Who's the best player in the world right now? Cristiano Ronaldo. The best moment of your career so far? Scoring from the halfway line. Me. Phone, iPhone. Favourite footballer, Mbappe. The best trophy to win in football is the World Cup. The best games console is PS4. The best social media platform is Instagram. Favourite musician, a boogie with the hoodie. My ideal holiday destination is LA. Favourite TV series, Power. I usually travel to training by car. The best thing about being at Arsenal is training with the best players in my age group every day. The first team player I look up to most is Aaron Ramsey. Under 18 coach Kwame Mpadu on Stan. A creative spark who's always looking to unlock the defence. Stan's been with us since joining the Hale End Academy aged eight. He's a left-sided midfielder with quick feet and the ability to slip between the lines and his willingness to create will be a valuable asset for us. Like a lot of the lads, we'll have to remain patient for further physical developments. Freddie's back. Arsenal invincible Freddie Jungberg rejoined the club in July as head coach of the under-23 team. The Swede, who coached our under-15s and was assistant to the under-19 UEFA Youth League team during the 2016-17 season, left us to join Wolfsburg in 2017 and gained invaluable experience as assistant coach in the Bundesliga. I'm delighted to be returning to the club, Freddie said. Arsenal has always been a special place for me and I'm really excited at this opportunity to work with our under-23 team. I look forward to working with the talented young players we have at the club. I know many of them well, and will work hard to help them continue developing and become the best players and people they can be. Welcome Marcel and Lee. Marcel Lucasen and Lee Heron joined our academy setup over the summer. Marcel joined us as Head of Coach and Player Development, responsible for all coaches and teams from under-9s to under-23s. He joins from Al-Nassar in Dubai, where he was Technical Director for the past three years. He previously worked with the German FA and at Hoffenheim, where he was Assistant Coach. Lee joins as our head of academy football operations after 17 years at Championship Club Reading, where he was a key figure in making their academy one of the most effective in the game. Where are they now? 
Josh Reese, tracking down a former academy player as they make their mark elsewhere in professional football. A hugely popular scholar, between 2010 and 12, hard-working midfielder Josh Reese had been with the Gunners as a schoolboy and featured for England under-16s and under-17s. Unable to secure a professional career with Arsenal, in 2013 he headed to Nottingham Forest, who loaned him out to Nuneaton Town and Torquay United. Moving into non-league football, Josh signed for Chelmsford City before a superb season at Bromley Town last season, scoring 16 goals from midfield. His performances earned him a return to league football when he signed for League One Gillingham in June. The Big Picture On Sunday, July 1st, new Arsenal Academy manager Per Mertesacker headed to Emirates Stadium to meet every single player who is currently playing for the Academy and their families. Boys from the under-9s upwards were all present and Per was thrilled to see everyone. It was fantastic to meet every Arsenal Academy player and their families, he posted on Twitter. We have big things planned for this academy and I can't wait for the new season. And with the academy players, family and staff together in one place, club photographer Stuart McFarlane had the unenviable task of arranging all 600 people in the west lower stand from the under-19s at the very front to their enthusiastic parents at the back. There were even some recent first-team debutants involved too. So if you can spot Rhys Nelson, Eddie Enkatia, Joe Willock, Ben Sheaf and Matt Macy. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. First year scholars, 
Nine first-year scholars have been confirmed for 2018-19. The talented group, who may be added to later in the summer, have all come through the Gunners' age groups at Hale End and have now made the important step up to becoming full-time footballers with Arsenal. Based at the first-team training facility at London Colney, the players in question are Ryan Alabiesu, Ben Cottrell, Matthew Dennis, Stan Flaherty, Josh Martin, Alfie Matthews, Arthur Okonkwo, Bakayo Saka and Tom Smith. Many supporters will be aware of the talents of goalkeeper Okonkwo and striker Saka, who both played in the Youth Cup for the Gunners last season. Congratulations to all nine boys. Look out for us profiling each of them in our Young Gun section of the Matchday programme, which, as you may have already seen, starts today with Stan Flaherty. Second-year scholars entering the second year of their scholarship this season are eight young gullers. Falarin Balogan, Daniel Barden, Vonte Daly-Campbell, Mark McGuinness, James Olayinka, Matthew Smith, Bailey Spencer-Adams and Zach Swanson. Young professionals, the aim for our scholars is of course to sign a professional contract and the club currently has 26 young players who have signed professional forms. Xavier Amiechi, Daniel Ballard, Christian Bailik, Talaji Bola, Cohen Bramall, Robbie Burton, Harry Clark, Trey Coyle, Charlie Gilmore, Dayan Iliev, Tyrese John-Jules, Jordan McInef, Steffi Mavididi, Zeke Medley, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nkatia, Joseph Olowu, Toby Amole, Jordi Osei-Tutu, Julio Plequazelo, Ben Sheaf, Emile Smith-Rowe, Dominic Thompson, Nathan Tomey, Joe Willock and Gedeon Zalalem. Check out the Checker Trade Trophy. Arsenal under-21s make their debut in the Checker Trade Trophy this season. Freddie Jungberg's under-21s now know their opponents for the inaugural Checker Trade Trophy campaign. They'll be heading to the West Country to play Cheltenham Town and Forest Green Rovers and to the Midlands to take on Coventry City. Arsenal, one of 16 Category 1 academies invited into the competition, will only play away from home in the group stages. The under-21s will travel to Coventry on Wednesday, September 21st, Cheltenham on Tuesday, October 9th, and Forest Green on Wednesday, November 21st. The best-performing youth team last season were Chelsea, who reached the semi-final before losing to eventual cup winners Lincoln City. Thank you and goodbye. The club released 11 youth players at the end of their contracts on June 30th. A number of these youngsters have already found new clubs with Chiori Johnson moving to championship side Bolton Wanderers, Tafari Moore joining League One team Plymouth Argyle, Aaron Ioma joining Derby County and Josh Benson heading north to Burnley. Ryan Huddart was snapped up by Boreham Wood in the National League and Mark Bowler has headed to Blackpool in League 2, while Hugo Ketto has remained in the Premier League with Brighton and Hove Albion. Moving overseas, Yasin Fortune has linked up with ex-gunner Martin Anger at FC Sion in Switzerland 
while Jay Beckford has signed for Arka Gdynia in the Polish Extraklasa and Vlad Dragomir has joined Perugia in Italy's Serie B. Goalkeeper Alex Crean has also been released. Reese crowned player of the season. Goalscorer in the first team's final pre-season friendly against Lazio, Reese Nelson was named in the Premier League 2 player of the season at the PL2's 2017-18 awards ceremony. The 18-year-old forward played a key role in our youngsters winning the Division 1 title, scoring 10 goals in all competitions, and he also helped us reach the Premier League International Cup final. Reese's exciting performances, on the back of a strong pre-season last summer, also helped him break into the first team as he made three Premier League appearances on top of featuring heavily in our run to the Europa League semi-finals. Pre-season friendlies Arsenal's youth teams played three friendlies in pre-season. The under-18s beat Barnett 4-0 on July 17th in a behind-closed-doors friendly before the under-23s headed out to Germany a week later. They suffered a 4-1 defeat at the hands of Bayern Munich with Steffi Mavididi scoring the Gunners' goal. The under-23s final warm-up fixture came against AFC Hornchurch of the Istvian League and Freddie Jungberg's side recorded an impressive 3-0 win thanks to goals from Charlie Gilmore, Tyrese john Jules, and Danny Ballard. Unique achievement, 100 consecutive years in the top flight. Throughout season 2018-19, the Matchday programme is celebrating Arsenal's 100 consecutive years in the top flight of English football. This issue, we salute our unique achievement with a cover design adapted from the 1974-75 season with analysis of that season's edition. Remembering August the 12th in 2007. The first entries of our 100 Reasons to Love Arsenal feature the story behind a stat, come in number 13. A classic Arsenal quote from one of the club's greatest influencers. Tales of the Century, where we look at defining moments and events from the 100 years, starting with the dominant 1990-91 campaign. One hundred consecutive years in the top flight. On this day, Arsenal two, Fulham one. Saturday, August twelfth, two thousand and seven. Exactly eleven years ago, Arsenal faced Fulham at Emirates Stadium. Like this afternoon, the game represented the beginning of a new era for the Gunners. After eight years at the club, Thierry Henry had chosen to join Barcelona that summer, and it was an horrendous start for the Gunners as Jens Lehmann's poor clearance went straight to David Healy, who put the cottagers ahead with less than a minute of the new season underway. With all due respect to Fulham, they certainly didn't represent the quality of opposition provided by the league champions this afternoon. Laurie Sanchez's team had finished the previous season just a point above the relegation zone, 
But going into the last 10 minutes of the match, they were still ahead. A victory would have matched their away wins tally from the entirety of the previous season. Heir apparent to the Thierry Henry centre-forward crown, Robin van Persie then grabbed an equaliser for Arsenal from the penalty spot with six minutes still left to play after Colo Toure was brought down by Carlos Bocanegra. Then, in injury time, Alex Hillip twisted and turned inside the Fulham box before shooting past Tony Warner and sending the opening day crowd into raptures. It was the start of a superb run of form for the Gunners. They remained unbeaten in the first ten Premier League games, winning eight and drawing two, going on to spend much of the season on top of the table before a late-season slump. One hundred consecutive years in the top flight. One hundred reasons to love Arsenal. We all know that there are far more reasons than that, and every supporter will have their own favourite, distinctive aspect of the club that makes them feel especially proud to be a gunner. But to mark our 100 years of top-flight football, we've picked out a century of such reasons. We'd love to hear your own, though. Tell us via Twitter using hashtag ReasonsToLoveArsenal. 1. Alex Morgan, the singing policeman, Constable Alex Morgan used to entertain the Highbury crowds as part of the Metropolitan Police Band that played on the pitch during the 1960s and 70s. A lifelong Arsenal fan, his performances were a popular part of match day, both pre-match and at half-time. It may seem a far cry from today's match day entertainment, but Alex returned for one last turn in May 2006 at the final ever Highbury match and was just as well received as in his heyday. Alex died aged 88 in June 2017 and has a memorial at Highbury Square. 2. Arsenal Tube Station The only tube station in England named after a football club. It was Herbert Chapman. Who else? Who persuaded the transport authorities to rename the station on the Piccadilly line in 1932 from its original name Gillespie Road. Thousands of maps were reprinted and signage was changed as the transformation took place and countless millions of journeys have been made via the famous station. 3. The Clock End The sight of a packed clock end has been a spectacle to behold for generations. The famous clock was actually placed at the north end of Highbury originally, one of Herbert Chapman's many innovations. But it was moved to the south end in 1935 and stayed there until it came with the team to Emirates Stadium in 2006. 4. The Sheffield United restaged game. How many teams would have offered to restage an FA Cup match when the opposition complained the winning goal wasn't scored within the spirit of the game? We'll never know, but we do know that Arsenal did just that. In February 1999, the Gunners beat Sheffield United 2-1 in the FA Cup fourth round, though Mark Overmars winner was netted after Kanu, new to the country, failed to give the ball back to the visitors who had knocked it out of play so a player could get treatment. It was a perfectly legal goal, even if it wasn't strictly in the spirit of the game. At full time, Arsene Wenger immediately offered to replay the game at Highbury. Blades boss Steve Bruce accepted the gracious offer and, with the FA's blessing, the game was rerun ten days later. It ended 2-1 to Arsenal again and the holders could progress to the next round with a clear conscience. 5. The Arsenal 
As all supporters know, it's not Arsenal, it's the Arsenal. Soon after moving from Woolwich to North London in 1913, the club dropped Woolwich from their name, officially becoming the Arsenal Football Club Limited. More than 100 years later, the club is still referred to as the Arsenal by many ex-players and fans alike. Tales of the Century Defining Seasons Indomitable Gunners Power to 1990-91 Title Arsenal historian John Sperling selects 19 defining seasons and events from the Gunners' 100 years at the top. If ever a football team was constructed to withstand the rigours of a 38-match Division 1 campaign, it was George Graham's bloody-minded Arsenal during the 1990-91 season. The Scots later compared the team with a Rolls-Royce, but few, if any, sides have had to weather as many speed bumps as Arsenal during those nine months. For Graham, the campaign always began the second the players returned for pre-season training in July. With his usual meticulous planning, the Arsenal boss gave the squad added depth, quality and pace, facets he believed were missing throughout Arsenal's disappointing defence of the title the previous campaign. In came goalkeeper David Seaman from QPR, central defender Andy Lillingen from Norwich and placey wingman Anders Limpar from Cremonese in Italy. Seaman and Limpar excelled throughout the campaign and although Lindigan's first team opportunities were initially limited, he would shine when called upon in the winter months when Tony Adams was absent. Sprinkling his pre-season interviews with phrases like squad hunger and fighting spirit, George Graham psyched up club and fans for another assault on the league title. Arsenal began the campaign in great style at Wimbledon's Plough Lane with Alan Smith, Paul Merson and Perry Groves earning a 3-0 win in the August sunshine. By late summer, Arsenal had slipped effortlessly into gear, blowing away London rivals Chelsea in a 4-1 win and by the time the clocks changed, Graham's unbeaten side had made the fast and furious start to the season he demanded. The campaign's pivotal games were against old foes Manchester United and reigning champions Liverpool. Graham's men defeated Alex Ferguson's side 1-0 at Old Trafford, courtesy of an opportunistic strike by Anders Limpar. But it was a mass brawl that really made the headlines. The fact that Arsenal players fought for each other spoke volumes for the level of team spirit we had. Limpar later recalled. What came afterwards just reinforced the fortress mentality that George promoted. Arsenal were deducted two points for their part in proceedings, leaving them eight points behind leaders Liverpool. But, Alan Smith pointed out, the aftermath at Old Trafford meant we felt compelled to go out and show that those two points didn't matter. Even in early December, Arsenal's Highbury showdown with Liverpool had the air of a title decider. Demonstrating his tactical flexibility, George Graham ended David O'Leary's exile in the reserves 
and played a 5-3-2 formation with O'Leary deployed as a sweeper to counter the threat of Ian Rush. Arsenal's superb 3-0 victory was their finest display of the campaign and Smith's goal, after he latched on to Merson's delicious back heel, would have graced any football match. Even though Kenny Dalglish's men remained top of the table until January, the Gunners had delivered a mortal blow to Liverpool. It was Dalglish's team's first defeat of the season. Another obstacle hove into view in December when Tony Adams was jailed for three months for drink driving. But with Graham's penchant for collecting central defenders, the depth of squad ensured that Adams's incarceration didn't derail the title push, though there was a brief blip when the Gunners lost their only league game of the season 2-1 at Stamford Bridge in early July. In the second half of the season, two more products from the youth team, midfielder David Hillier and striker Kevin Campbell, added energy to the squad. Adams then returned for the match with Liverpool at Anfield in March, and Merson's coolly taken winner, put Arsenal three points clear in the title race. As Arsenal closed in on the prize, they relied on set-piece moves. Bold and Smith combined for two identikit-headed goals at Derby in March and the muscular approach of Kevin Campbell, who hit seven league goals throughout March and April. Defenders didn't know what to make of Kevin, who played with no fear when he came into the squad. George Graham said. His team finally secured the title when Liverpool lost to Nottingham Forest on the May Day bank holiday and showpieced their skills at the end of the campaign with two memorable victories over Manchester United when Smith netted a hat-trick and secured the golden boot at a 3-1 campaign and Coventry City, Limpar bagging a hat-trick at a 6-1 victory. The class of 91, defeated just once during the campaign, oozed skill and class in every department and was labelled by John Roberts of the Independent as Masters of Adversity. The famous back four, ably marshalled by David Seaman, conceded just 18 goals all season. And the front three of Smith, Merson and Campbell, assisted by Limpar, plundered 45 goals between them. Above all, the team spirit in this most turbulent of Division 1 seasons was simply indomitable. Many predicted that George Graham's Arsenal dynasty would stretch through the decade. Who could have guessed that the team and its manager had already reached its zenith? Stat of the century. 100 consecutive years in the top flight. Every Premier League game we choose an iconic stat from our 100 years in the top flight and develop the detail behind it. 13. League title wins. Arsenal won the league title unbeaten in 2003-4, the only time this has been done in a 38-game season. Arsenal's title-winning managers are Herbert Chapman, George Allison, Tom Whitaker, Bertie Mee, George Graham and Arsene Wenger. 
Arsenal are one of only four teams to win a hat-trick of league titles, 1933-35. Our first league title came in 1930-31. When we won the league title in 1971, it was our eighth title, more than any other side had at the time. The Arsenal programme. The past remastered. To commemorate the club spending 100 consecutive years in the top flight, every league programme this season will feature a cover adapted from an iconic design from the last 100 years. The cover from our 1974-75 matchday programme was eye-catching because it was our first to feature a full-page image onto which the rest of the design was placed. The Arsenal typeface was only used for this season. We're not sure what it is, and believe us, we've looked. It's a great cover image, so good in fact that it was used throughout the entire season. The picture actually came from 1973 and an FA Cup quarter-final at Stamford Bridge in which the Arsenal players are charging down a Chelsea free kick. The match finished 2-all. Arsenal won the replay 2-1. As good as the photo is, the most significant thing about it is the fact it's in glorious colour, which was also new. Indeed, each issue came with a colour image on the front, albeit the same one, and a spread of colour photographs within the 16 pages, supplemented by lots more in black and white. But these colour images came at a price, as the first programme of the season against Ipswich Town explained. We've had a lot of letters from supporters who travelled to away matches asking why it was not possible to include colour photographs in our programme, as a number of other clubs do, stated the editorial. Well, the simple answer in the past has been that at five pence, this has not been a commercial proposition. Last season, only five First Division clubs charged only five pence for their programme. Eight of them charged ten pence, and the rest somewhere in between. Obviously this year, with the enormous increase in the cost of labour and materials, especially paper, many more clubs will be charging ten pence. So we felt that by doing so, we would merely be doing what most other First Division clubs are doing, and we would be able to include colour photography, thus satisfying a demand which we know is there. With the use of colour, we've been able to give the programme a fresher look, more in keeping with modern trends, and we feel sure that you will all appreciate that the increase in cost has been an absolute necessity. There you have it. The programme, edited by Gordon Ross, doubled in price, but included colour photos. Arsenal's early season encounter with City finished in a thumping 4-0 win for the Gunners. New signing Brian Kidd scored twice in only his third game for Arsenal, making it three in three games. Kidd actually signed for Manchester City after two seasons at Highbury, and is of course an assistant there now. John Radford also netted a brace. Overall, it was a disappointing season for Bertie Mee's team as they finished 16th, the Gunners' lowest position since 1924-25. Tony Book's Manchester City were a more creditable 8th as Derby County won the first division title. A somewhat paltry Highbury crowd of 27,143 witnessed Arsenal's biggest win of the season, an indication that fans were becoming increasingly disillusioned with me and his team, who were a pale imitation of the 1970-71 double winning side.
100 consecutive years in the top flight. Quote of the century. It's odd, isn't it, that the club which has earned the tag of lucky Arsenal is the one that leaves nothing to chance. 1947. Tom Whittaker, player, trainer and manager. Arsenal women. There's plenty to look forward to this season as Joe Montemuro's revamped squad warms up with a big win over the Italian champions. New look squad ready for action. It's been a busy summer for the Gunners with manager Joe Montemuro signing four top quality players as he plots the club's course back to the top of the English game. The 2017-18 season was barely over when Austrian international captain Victoria Schnaderbeck arrived. The 27-year-old, who can play in defence or midfield, followed Lisa Evans and Vivian Meadema from Bayern Munich, with whom she won the Bundesliga title in 2014-15 and 2015-16. Next up, the Gunners signed experienced internationals Tabea Keme and Leah Wallaty from German powerhouse Turbine Potsdam. The hugely versatile Keme, 26, could play in a variety of positions. She joined Potsdam at the age of 14 and was initially a forward, but she could also play at full back, on the wing and in central midfield. She won the Women's Champions League and four Bundesliga titles with the German Giants. Midfielder Walty, meanwhile, joined Potsdam in 2013 and went on to captain the side. She previously played in Switzerland for YB Frauen, where she won the league and played in the Champions League. She has made 54 appearances for the Swiss national team. Finally, we have also signed French goalkeeper Pauline Periord Magnin from French Giants Lyon, where she won three Champions League trophies and three league titles. The 26 year old spent three years with Lyon between 2011 and 2014, during which time they won the Champions League in two successive seasons. She then moved on to play for EC, Saint Etienne, and Marseille before returning to Lyon for the 2017-18 season. We would like to welcome them all to the club, and we can't wait to see how they get on this season. Gunners hit five past Juve. Vivian Meadema bagged four goals as Arsenal geared up for the new season with a thumping 5-0 win over Juventus in a high-profile friendly at Meadow Park last Sunday. Dutch striker Meadema opened the scoring within four minutes by firing home Lisa Evans's low cross from the right. Moments later, Evans wriggled free again and fizzed a shot beyond the far post before Emma Mitchell hit the left upright after more good work by Evans. But on the stroke of half-time, the Gunners doubled the lead through Mayadema, who picked up the ball 25 yards out, drove into the box and found the bottom right corner with great composure. Juventus would have hoped to regroup following the break, but Meadema clearly had other ideas and completed her hat-trick with a simple tap-in five yards from goal.
Skipper Kim Little then made it four with a sensational effort from the edge of the box before Mayadema rounded off the scoring with a powerful left-footed strike beyond the reach of Juve goalkeeper Laura Giolini. Thank you and goodbye. There have been some departures this summer with Heather O'Reilly returning home to North Carolina Courage, the popular American who joined Arsenal in January 2017, made 38 appearances and scored four goals. Goalkeeper Anna Morehouse has also left us for newly promoted West Ham United. The 23-year-old goalkeeper made 12 appearances for the club after arriving from Doncaster Rovers Bells in 2017. She will link up with Vian Sampson, who also joined the Hammers, after a loan spell earlier this year. Finally, German defender Josephine Henning has retired from the game. We thank them all for their contribution and wish them every success in the future. Gunners start with West Ham. The fixture computer has done its stuff and decided that Arsenal will kick off the 2018-19 season and our defence of the Continental Cup at home to West Ham United at 2pm on Sunday, August 19th. Our first Women's Super League game of the season will be at home to Liverpool at 2pm on Sunday, September 9th. There are plenty of other highlights to look out for. We travel to Champions Chelsea on October 14th and Man City on December 2nd. We will then host Chelsea on January 13th and City on May 12th, the final day of the season. The Continental Cup final will take place on Saturday, February 23rd with the FA Cup final at Wembley on Saturday, May 4th. We can't wait to get going. Congrats, Dom. Dominique Janssen joined Sari van Vinderdal, Danielle van der Donk, Katie McCabe and Louise Quinn by signing a new deal at the end of the WSL season but she signed another important piece of paper when she got married this summer. From now on, she will be known as Dominique Bloodworth. Get well soon, Dan. Finally, we want to wish Danielle Carter a speedy recovery after the England international underwent an operation on her anterior cruciate ligament earlier this season. She suffered the injury during our final day win over Bristol City last season. We hope you're back soon, Dan. The Visitors, Manchester City, by Mike Hammond. An in-depth look at today's opposition, including the latest news from the Etihad Stadium, the key players, historical info, lots of stats and some eclectic facts. 1. The reigning champions of England, Manchester City, begin their Premier League title defence here at Emirates Stadium this afternoon. They do so with a view to becoming back-to-back domestic champions for the first time in the club's history. The two most recent of their previous four attempts, in 2012 and 13, and 2014 to 15, both resulted in runners-up spots to Manchester United and Chelsea, respectively. 2. City ended last season with a plethora of new Premier League records, among them most points won, 100, Most goals scored, 105. Most wins, 32. 
biggest goal difference, plus 79, largest winning margin, 19 points, most away wins, 16, most away goals, 50, and longest winning streak, 18 matches. Unlike Arsenal in 2003-4, however, they did not remain unbeaten, losing twice, away to Liverpool 4-3 and at home to Manchester United 3-2. 3. Defeated also by Liverpool in the quarter-finals of the 2017-18 Champions League, City have yet to be crowned Kings of Europe and will doubtless be making success in that competition a priority this season, their status as champions giving them seeded status in the group stage draw at the end of this month. Their best effort to date was in 2015-16, when they reached the semi-finals under Manuel Pellegrini, only to go down 1-0 on aggregates who eventual champions Real Madrid. 4. Pep Guardiola's side won all three matches against Arsenal last term. A 3-1 home win in November, preceding two 3-0 victories in five days in the early spring. The first of them was the League Cup final at Wembley, and the second was here at Emirates Stadium, where City scored all of their goals through Bernardo Silva, David Silva and Leroy Sane in the opening 33 minutes. 5. City had no fewer than 16 players selected for this summer's World Cup finals, the most of any club, one more than Real Madrid and two more than Barcelona. Those players were Kyle Walker, Raheem Sterling, Fabian Delph, John Stones, England, Sergio Aguero, Nicolas Otamendi, Argentina, Edison, Gabriel Jesus, Fernandinho, Danilo, Brazil, Kevin de Bruyne, Vincent Company, Belgium, Ilke Gundogan, Germany, Bernardo Silva, Portugal, David Silva, Spain, and Benjamin Mendy of Champions, France. 6. Most of those players were absent from City's summer tour to the US, where a team of youngsters, plus new record signing Riyad Mahrez, played three International Champions Cup games, losing 1-0 to Borussia Dortmund in Chicago, then going down 2-1 to Liverpool, again in New Jersey, before coming from behind to defeat Bayern Munich 3-2 in Miami. They also impressed when comfortably beating Chelsea in last weekend's Community Shield. City had an outstanding record in the Premier League last season. The sequence was 1. Drawn, then 18 wins, followed by drawn, 1. Lost, 1-1 drawn, 1-1-1-1 lost, 1-1-1 drawn, 1-1. The breakdown. Seven shirts. City's kits have been sponsored by these seven companies. 1982-84, Saab. 1984-87, Phillips. 1987-1999, Brother. 1999-2002, Eidos. 2002-2004, First Advice. 2004-2009, Thomas Cook. 2009-present, Etihad. The New Boy, 26, Riyad Mahrez. Born, Sarcelles, France, 21st of February 1991. 
Previously, Quimper, Le Havre, Leicester. Games and goals, nil-nil. The skillful Algerian international winger became Manchester City's record signing when he joined last month from Leicester City for £60 million. Voted PFA Player of the Year in 2015-16, Riyadh was the creative force behind the Foxes' shock Premier League triumph, scoring 17 goals and mesmerising defences with his left-footed trickery. He struggled in the following campaign before raising his game again in 2017-18, despite a mid-season walkout when Leicester vetoed a January move to the Etihad with a dozen league goals. He started all three of City's pre-season games in America, but injured at ankle in the last of them against Bayern Munich. The goals, 33, Gabriel Jesus, born Sao Paulo, Brazil, 3rd of April 1997. Previously, Palmeiras, games and goals, 53 and 24. The 21-year-old Brazilian striker ended last season in prolific form, following a two-month layoff with knee ligament damage, scoring the stoppage-time winner at Southampton on the final day, his 13th of the league campaign, that enabled City to become the first team to register 100 points in a Premier League season. Having also scored the winner against Germany in an international friendly, Gabriel was chosen to lead the line for Brazil at the World Cup in Russia. He was their top marksman in the qualifiers with seven goals, but endured a disappointing tournament, failing to score in any of his five starts. Stones goes fourth. Only three players ranked up more minutes in the 2018 World Cup than John Stones, 646, Dayan Lovren, 651, Jordan Pickford, 690, and Luka Modric, 694. 10. Sergio Aguero, the nemesis. Born Kilmer, Argentina, on the 2nd of June 1988. Previously, Independiente, Atletico Madrid. Games and goals, 292-199. One of the Premier League's greatest ever strikers, Sergio has scored a club record 201 goals for City, although until last Sunday he had been stuck on 199 since February, when he chipped home the opening goal against Arsenal, his fifth in as many games against the Gunners in the Carabao Cup final at Wembley. Sharp, elusive and an exquisite finisher, the 30-year-old has scored 20-plus Premier League goals in each of the last four seasons and in five of his seven at the club. He took his international tally to 39 in 89 games by scoring the first and last of Argentina's goals at the 2018 World Cup. Six cities. City Football Group, the holding company that owns Manchester City FC, also owns 100% of Melbourne City FC in Australia and Club Atletico Talk in Uruguay, 80% of New York City, USA, 44% of Girona in Spain and 20% of Japanese team Yokohama Marinos. Sublime to the ridiculous. City won the league title in 1936-37 but couldn't prevent Arsenal winning it the following season. In fact, their title defence didn't go well at all. They were relegated. Respect. 
Squad number 23 was retired by City following the tragic death of midfielder Mark Vivian Foe, who wore the number when he played for the team in 2002-3. The breakdown, basics, formed 1880. Previous names, St Mark's, West Gorton, Ardwick Association Football Club. Nickname, Citizens City. Stadium, City of Manchester Stadium, 55,097. Chairman, Khaldun Al-Mubarak. Record appearance maker, Alan Oakes, 680, 1958-1976. Record goal scorer, Sergio Aguero, 201, 2011 to present. The creators, 17, Kevin and Brune, and 21, David Silva. 17, Kevin de Brune, born Drongen, Belgium, 28th of June 1991. Previously, Genk, Chelsea, Werder Bremen, on loan, Wolfsburg. Games and goals, 142 and 35. Second only to Liverpool's Mohamed Salah in last season's PFA Player of the Year vote, Kevin played a starring role for City, registering 16 Premier League assists, the best in the division, and eight goals. Signed in 2015 on a six-year contract, the Belgian international cost £55 million from Wolfsburg. Once of Chelsea, the 27-year-old playmaker is already considered one of the Premier League's finest foreign imports and is poised to make his 99th appearance in the division today. He enjoyed an excellent 2018 World Cup, helping Belgium to finish third. And 21 David Silva, born Gran Canaria, Spain, 8th of January 1986. Previously Valencia, Ibar on loan, Celta Vigo on loan. Games and goals, 346 and 61. David is set to embark on his ninth season as a Manchester City player and is firmly established as one of the club's all-time greats, having won seven major trophies, including three Premier League titles. He arrived in England in 2010 as a World Cup winner with Spain and sandwiched that with back-to-back Euro victories in 2008 and 2012. At 32, fresh from a third World Cup, he continues to bewitch defenders with his left-footed wizardry and eye for a killer pass. He scored in each of City's two consecutive 3-0 wins against Arsenal last spring. The resistance, John Stones and Edison. Five John Stones, born Barnsley, 28th of May 1994, previously Barnsley, Everton. Games and goals, 70 and 5. John will be on a high following his exertions at the World Cup in Russia, where he started all seven of England's matches and scored his first two international goals, both in the 6-1 rout of Panama. He will also be hoping that his success at international level will serve him well this season with City, for he was barely used by Pep Guardiola in the final two-thirds of the 27-18 campaign, making only 16 Premier League starts in total. Signed for £47.5 million from Everton in August 2016, the 24-year-old Yorkshireman is a composed ball-playing centre-back with a very bright future for both club and country. 31. Edison, born Osasco, Brazil, 17th of August 1993, previously Ribeiro, Ria Ave, Benfica, Games and Goals, 
45 and nil. Purchased for £35 million from Benfica in June 2017, the young Brazilian goalkeeper has proved to be the perfect fit for Pep Guardiola's City side, combining excellent reflexes with an uncanny ability to stroke the ball around purposefully with his left foot. He started all but the last two matches of the triumphant 2017-18 Premier League campaign, conceding 26 goals in 36 outings and adding a third successive domestic title to the two he had previously won in Portugal. Selected for Brazil's 2018 World Cup squad, he was the backup to Liverpool's new goalkeeper, Alisson, and did not see any action in Russia. The prospect, 47, Phil Foden, born Stockport, 28th of May 2000. Previously, none. Games and goals, 10 and none. A heroic member of the England under-17 side that became world champions last October, Phil was voted player of the tournament in India and subsequently scooped the BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year award. He only has a handful of first-team appearances behind him and none as yet from the start in the Premier League, but he had enough outings to become the competition's youngest ever medal winner, and the locally-born midfielder will be pushing for an increase in game time this term. He started all three of City's International Champions Cup games last month, as well as the Community Shield. The boss, Pep Guardiola, born January the 18th, 1971, games... 114. Previously, Barcelona, B, 2007-8, Barcelona, 2008-12, Bayern Munich, 2013-16. Pep is widely revered as one of the world's most innovative football coaches, his reputation having risen to a new level with his record-breaking achievements last season. He was appointed in 2016 to replace Manuel Pellegrini, his arrival having been officially telegraphed several months earlier while still at Bayern Munich, where he won the Bundesliga in each of his three seasons. A Barcelona legend as a player, Pep achieved the same status as a coach, winning 14 trophies, including two Champions Leagues, in four years. The breakdown, right stuff. Ex-Arsenal stopper Richard Wright is now goalkeeping coach for City's under-18s. One and only. When Gunnar Nielsen played for Manchester City against Arsenal at Emirates Stadium on April 24, 2010, he became the only player from the Faroe Islands, before or since, to have played in the Premier League. The breakdown. Opta stats. PL season 2017-18. Assists. 16, Kevin De Bruyne, 15, Leroy Sane, 11, David Silva, 11, Raheem Sterling, 6, Sergio Aguero. Chances created, 106, Kevin De Bruyne, 61, David Silva, 58, Leroy Sane, 55, Raheem Sterling, 40, Sergio Aguero. Tackles won, 106, Kevin De Bruyne, 61, David Silva, 58, Leroy Sane, 55, Raheem Sterling, 40, Sergio Aguero. Fouls conceded, 106, Kevin De Bruyne, 61, David Silva, 58, Leroy Sane, 55, Raheem Sterling, 40, Sergio Aguero. (laughs) 
33 years in the community. Community, using the power of Arsenal to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community, at AFC Community. Good vibes, good times. Well done to our at AFC Community team, who finished second at yesterday's at Kicks Not Flicks, five-a-side tournament at the Arsenal Hub, raising awareness around knife crime, in support of at Kinsella Trust. Thanks for all your fantastic work and for a great event. We've selected photos from Arsenal in the community's social media accounts to highlight some of this month's community work. Instagram in the community at Arsenal underscore in underscore the underscore community. Here's a blast from the past. 1986, JVC Centre, Highbury. Our first group of trainees with George Graham, Vic Akers and head of Arsenal in the community, Alan Sefton. 2018, Arsenal Hub. Mark, top right in the group picture, still has his old hashtag AFC tracksuit, so Alan gave him a new one. Hashtag we are the Arsenal, hashtag Arsenal. Arsenal in the Community Awards 2018. On Thursday, July 13th, Arsenal in the Community held their annual Community Awards Ceremony to recognise the achievements of more than 250 participants who've taken part on Arsenal in the Community programmes. Joining participants to celebrate their achievements were former Arsenal player and assistant manager Pat Rice, together with the leader of the opposition and MP for Islington North, Jeremy Corbyn, and MP for Islington South and Finsbury, Emily Thornbury. Gunners fan and Arsenal in the community supporter Tom Watt hosted the event and guests were entertained by a band from Skinner's Academy School. Participants were invited for their participation and achievements in 20 different project areas, including the BTEC Level 3 Extended Diploma in Sport, Employability Programme, Bowls and Sport Participation Programmes. The ceremony also recognised the team from St Mary Magdalene Academy, who won the Premier League Fair Play Award in the school's tournament earlier this year. The event was an opportunity to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Arsenal Double Club programme, which combines football coaching with classroom learning in various subjects, including literacy and modern foreign languages. Speaking about the event, Alan Sefton, head of Arsenal in the community, said, Our award ceremony is a great way of celebrating everything the young people we work with have achieved over the past 12 months. We've had schoolchildren take part in national football competitions, young men and women find work through our employability programme, and hundreds of young people develop confidence, new skills and a sense of belonging through their involvement with Arsenal in the community. I'd like to congratulate all of our award winners and look forward to their continued progress. Pre-season action. Arsenal were unbeaten in five matches during pre-season, winning three, drawing two, losing one penalty shootout and winning the other. Pre-season is always an exciting time, but there was an extra layer of intrigue around Arsenal's because it was, of course, the first to be overseen by anyone other than Arsene Wenger since caretaker manager Stuart Houston took over from Bruce Rioch in the summer of 1996. Unai Emery didn't waste any time in stamping his authority on the team, and it was noticeable that even as the clock ticked towards half-time at Boreham Wood, he was urging his players to press. Arsenal were 5-0 up at the time. 
The game ended 8-0 and included a 17-minute hat-trick from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But a greater test awaited against Atletico Madrid at the International Champions Cup in Singapore. And although the Gunners were disappointed to go a goal down after dominating the first half, it gave Emile Smith-Rao the opportunity to announce himself by scoring a stunning equaliser. Atletico won on penalties, but there were plenty of positives, notably the way the forwards pressed and the team retained its shape when the opposition had the ball. Next up were PSG, whose young team were no match for an Arsenal side led by Mesut Ozil. The German opened the scoring, while Alexandre Lacazette bagged a brace and Eddie Nikita netted his second of the summer in a 5-1 win. Chelsea were the tough opponents in Dublin, and it took a late equaliser from Lacazette to take the game to penalties, which Arsenal won. Finally, there was a comfortable 2-0 win over Lazio, in which Aubameyang finished pre-season the way he had started it, with a goal. Saturday, July 14th, 2018, Meadow Park, Borehamwood FC, nil, Arsenal 8, Aubameyang, 7, 9, 17, Nelson, 35, Lacazette, 39, Nicotea, 53, Rainer Adelaide, 71, Mikaterian, 79, Arsenal, Czech, Martinez, 46th minute, Bellerin, Jenkinson, 46th minute. Socrates, holding, 46th minute. Mavropanos, Mustafi, 46th minute. Ose Tutu, Kosalniak, 46th minute. Maitland-Niles, Chambers, 46th minute. Wilcock, Ramsey, 46th minute. Nelson, Reiner Adelaide, 26th minute. Gwenduzi, 77th minute. Lacazette, Nicotia, 46th minute. Aubameyang, Lucas, 46th minute. Smith-Rowe, Mkhitaryan, 46th minute. Thursday, 26th of July, 2018. Singapore National Stadium. Arsenal 1, Smith-Rowe, 47. Atletico Madrid 1, Vieto, 41. Atletico Madrid won 3-1 on penalties. Arsenal, Leno, Czech 46, Bellerin, Chambers 62, Mustafi, Socrates 62, Holding, Mavropanos 62, Kosalniak, Ramsey, Maitland-Niles 62, Gwenduzi, Wilcock 74, Nelson, Oze Tutu 62, Smith-Rao, Mkhitaryan 62, Aubameyang, Lucas 62, Lacazette, Nicotia, 62. Saturday, July 28, 2018, Singapore National Stadium. Arsenal, 5, Ozil, 13, Lacazette, 67, 70, Holding, 87, Nicotia, 90. Paris Saint-Germain, 1, Nukunku, 59, penalty. Arsenal, Leno, Martinez, 46, Bellerin, Socrates, Chambers, 63. Mustafi, Holding, 63. Kosalniak, Maitland-Niles, 73. Elneny, Ramsey, 46. Gwenduzi, Wilcock, 73. Mkhitaryan, Smith-Rowe, 63. Ozil, 
Nelson, 63. Iwobi, Lacazetti, 46. Aubameyang, Nicotea, 63. Wednesday, August 1st, 2018. Aviva Stadium, Dublin. Arsenal, 1. Lacazetti, 90. Chelsea, 1. Rudiger, 5. Arsenal, 1. 6-5 on penalties. Arsenal, Czech. Bellerin, Chambers, 79. Socrates, Mustafi. Kosalniak, Maitland-Niles, 69. Gwenduzi, Elneny, Smith-Rowe, Iwobi, 63. Ozil, Mkhitaryan, Nelson, 72. Aubameyang, Lacazetti, 72. Saturday, August 4th, 2018. Friends Arena, Stockholm. Arsenal, 2. Nelson, 18. Aubameyang, 64. Lazio, 0. Arsenal, Leno, Lichtsteiner, Bellerin, 62. Holding, Socrates, 77. Chambers, Mavropanos, 77. Maitland-Niles, Zaka, Elneny, 62. Torreira, Mkhitaryan, 62. Nelson, Gwenduzi, 46. Iwobi, Ozil, 62. Lacazetti, Smith-Rowe, 77. Nikatia, Obameyang, 46. Life at the top. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Arsenal have spent 100 years at the very highest level of league football in this country. But how did our players scale the heights to get to the top of their profession? We find out. When did you first want to become a footballer? Well, I know it was a very long time ago. I was three years old, I think, when I first went to the stadium to watch a game. My father was playing for La Havre, so I went to the stadium to watch him. It was really nice and I enjoyed it a lot. It was from that moment that I knew I wanted to be a football player. Your father was an international player as well, so you must have been brought up with football. Yes, of course. I was always kicking a ball. At half-time, I was playing with friends, a plastic ball or something like that. I always grew up with a ball, since I can remember, really. Were you ever interested in any other sports? No, not a lot. Maybe basketball a bit. And I always like vehicles. I like to drive. What was the first team you ever played for? It was near where I was born, near to Laval in France. So that was the first team I started playing football for. I was five years old when I joined them. I had wanted to start playing at four, but at that age you can't play football, so I started. I don't know how you say it in English, but it was a a different version. When I turned five, I started football. Can you remember your first ever game? No, it was too long ago. But what I do remember is that I played as a striker, of course. Did you ever play any other position? No, no. I always wanted to score goals, so I was always a striker. Is there any game that sticks in the memory from your youth? I have a lot of games I remember growing up, but one especially, 
We were winning 1-0, but I hadn't scored. I saw my grandpa was watching the game and I thought, now I have to score. Then I scored a bicycle kick. I was really happy. I think I was nine years old at the time. Who were your early influences? My father, who also played, but also my friend's father was the coach of our team and he was a great coach for us. Have you ever fallen out of love with football? Was there ever a point in your career when you wanted to quit? Yes. I was 15 years old, I think, and I had no club. I was at home, no school also, but I was always trying to think positively. It was hard at that time, and I did think about quitting, but every day I kept training hard. I don't know why, but I thought that I had to train hard because you never know in life, something can happen. And then, after six months, my father called me and said, Are you ready to go training with the team? I said, yes, of course. I had trained for six months for that opportunity, so I was ready for that. And then I started to train with Bastia. From there, that was the start of my professional career. After you turned professional, were there any moments when things weren't going so well? Yes, there were a few. I have some examples of really difficult times, like when I was at Lille, That was hard because I wasn't playing, but I was young, of course. Also, at Monaco, it was really tough because I was playing, but it wasn't going well. So that was really hard. Looking back now, was there a moment or decision you took that would prove pivotal in your career? I think it was at Saint-Étienne, because the coach there gave me a lot of confidence. Always I was on loan at Lille and then Monaco, and the first six months at Saint-Étienne, I was on loan from AC Milan. After that, the coach at Saint-Étienne bought me, and I was really happy. This was one of the moments that I said, OK, now I have to improve myself, to work a lot. And I did it. Then, after when I had my first son, Curtis, that was the time when I said, now I have to work more and more and more. What has been your best moment as a pro? I have a lot of good memories. I think winning the League Cup with Saint-Étienne, but also the Africa Cup of Nations in 2012 with Gabon. It was a great moment. And also in Dortmund when we won the German Cup. And the worst moment? Maybe when I missed my penalty against Mali with Gabon in the Africa Cup in 2012. It was the worst moment, but I live with it. And after that, I started to score more penalties. So it's a bad moment, but it made good moments. Are there any similarities between your playing style now and when you started as a youngster? I was quick. I've always been quick. And everybody told me that you're always quick. But when I was a bit older, like 15 or 16, I had some problems with my knees. So I wasn't as fast. But then I worked a lot on my speed at AC Milan. And then I became quick again. Do you still enjoy football as much as when you were a kid? I don't know. There's more pressure now. When you're young, it's the best because there's no pressure. You play with your friends and you really enjoy it. It's different now, but of course I enjoy it because it's part of my life. But it's work also, so you need to improve every day and to try to do your best always because that's the job. What has surprised you most about being a professional footballer? 
Not much. I think I was always ready because of my father. He was really hard with me, but in a good way. He prepared me for this life. Would you want your own sons to go into the same profession? Hopefully they both will. If they want to play football, I will encourage them. But if not, no problem. I will encourage their own way. My eldest son is six, and the second one is two. They both want to play football. They play a lot at home. Country file: the Arsenal international roundup, including new signing Lukas Torreira, who didn't join the club until after the tournament. Arsenal had ten players at the World Cup. Here's how they got on: Danny Welbeck. Welbeck only came on for one appearance for England as a late sub in the final group game against Belgium. Stefan Lichtsteiner and Granit Xhaka. Switzerland captain Lichtsteiner played all three group games, but was suspended for the round of 16 defeat to Sweden. Xhaka was ever present in the midfield and scored an excellent goal in the group stage win over Serbia. David Ospina, Ospina played every game for Colombia and kept clean sheets against Poland and Senegal, but was on the losing side of the penalty shootout against England in the round of 16. Nacho Monreal. The left-back was selected as part of Spain's squad, but didn't make it onto the pitch. Mesut Ozil. A World Cup winner in 2014, Ozil played two of the three group games as Germany crashed out before the knockout rounds. He announced his international retirement shortly after the conclusion of the tournament. Alex Iwobi. Iwobi featured in all three group games for Nigeria, at his first World Cup finals. Joel Campbell Campbell played twice in the group stage for Costa Rica, claiming an assist in the 2-2 draw against Switzerland. Mohamed Elneny Elneny played in all three group games, but Egypt failed to pick up a point at the tournament. Lukas Torreira the combative midfielder played all five matches for Uruguay, helping his country to a perfect record in the group stage. He then played 90 minutes in the round of 16 win over Portugal and all of the quarter-final defeat to eventual champions France. The New Boys Arsenal's five summer signings have 196 caps combined for their respective countries, with only Matteo Ganduzzi not a full international though he has played for France at youth levels. It means the Gunners now have 22 full internationals currently at the club, though both Petra Cech and Mesut Ozil have retired. Capped Gunners, Czech Republic, Petra Cech, Caps 124. Spain, Hector Bellerin, Caps 3, Nacho Monreal, Caps 22, Goals 1. Egypt, Mohamed Elneny, Caps 66, Goals 5. Greece, Socrates Papastathopoulos, Caps 79, Goals 3. France, Laurent Koscielny, Caps 51, Goals 1. Alexandre Lacazette, Caps 16, Goals 3. Armenia, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Caps 74, Goals 25. Wales, Aaron Ramsey, Caps 53, Goals 13. Germany, Messi Terzel, Caps 92, Goals 23. 
Schroeder Mustafi caps 20 goals too. Bernd Leno caps 6. Uruguay, Lucas Torreira caps 8. Switzerland, Stefan Lichsteiner caps 103 goals 8. Granit Xhaka caps 66 goals 10. Colombia, David Ospina caps 90. Gabon, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang caps 56 goals 23. Nigeria, Alex Iwobi caps 21 goals 5. England, Callum Chambers caps 3. Danny Welbeck caps 40 goals 16. Carl Jenkinson caps 1. Bosnia and Herzegovina, Seat Kolasinac caps 24. My Story Freedom from Torture The Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. For example, the Arsenal Foundation funds a joint project between our Arsenal in the Community Coaches and Freedom from Torture, a medical foundation that helps rehabilitate survivors of torture. The scheme is made up of football and classroom sessions and helps participants develop confidence as well as language and social skills. Alex Mengi is a regular attendee. He says, I came to the UK from the Democratic Republic of Congo 19 years ago, but it wasn't until 2012 that my solicitor put me in touch with Freedom from Torture. They supported me a lot and still support me to this day. It wasn't easy coming to a new country all those years ago, but it does get easier in time, especially with the right people around you. I got involved in the Arsenal football sessions through Freedom from Torture. I was having English lessons and my key worker told me about them. I love football, but I hadn't been able to play since suffering a stroke, so I asked for more information. I wasn't sure if I'd be allowed to go because it's a physical game and my impediment could cost me. I was struggling to walk, let alone run, because one side of my body is weaker than the other. But they welcomed me and said, come and join us. I started going to the gym and one of the staff supported me, working as a personal trainer to help get me fit again. I'd really missed football, so it felt as if I had a new lease of life. It wasn't easy at first, but I just wanted to play. I started to adapt and then I started to improve. The sessions take place every Monday at the Hub, and I've been going for two years now. We train, learn tricks from the coaches and play matches. I've played against teams from Hull and Norwich and at tournaments. We played one tournament at Market Road where I accidentally scored a goal with my hand and it was the only goal of the game. I was like Maradona, don't tell anyone. Football opens my mind and the group has helped me to feel free. I've made so many friends since I've been involved with the group that when I'm at the sessions it's like having a second family. In fact, I live alone, so when we're here we really are family. That's helped my life go from being stressful to stress-free. And my hope for the future is just for my life to get back to normal, to where it was before I had the stroke. That's another reason why I love to play with people who are fit. Football helps you physically and mentally. I knew of Arsenal before I came to England. Arsenal are a big club. But I didn't know about the work they do with Freedom From Torture or so many other charities here at home and abroad. Many people in my position don't know where to go, but Arsenal can help. And there are many generous people who are willing to help you. I'm grateful, really grateful, for everything. For more information, please visit www.freedomfromtorture.org.
teams. For Arsenal, had coach Unai Emery. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 1. Petra Cech, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 4. Mohamed Elneny. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 7. Henrik Mkhitaryan. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Mesut Ozil. 11. Lukas Torreira. 12. Steven Lichsteiner. 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alexei Wobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 23. Danny Welbeck. 25. Carl Jenkinson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Konstantinos Mavrapanos. 29. Matteo Genduzzi. 31. Seat Kolasinac. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Joel Campbell. For Manchester City, manager Pep Guardiola. Dark blue shirts with light blue and yellow stripes, dark blue shorts and socks. 1. Claudio Bravo, goalkeeper. 2. Kyle Walker. 3. Danilo. 4. Vincent Company. 5. John Stones. 7. Raheem Sterling. 8. Ilke Gundogan. 10. Sergio Aguero. 14. Emeric Laporte. 15. Eliakim Mangala. 17. Kevin De Bruyne. 18. Fabian Delph. 19. Leroy Sane. 20. Bernardo Silva. 21. David Silva. 22. Benjamin Mendy. 25. Fernandinho. 26. Riyad Mahrez. 28. Jason Danea. 30. Nicholas Otamendi. 31. Ederson, goalkeeper. 32. Daniel Grimshaw, goalkeeper. 33. Gabriel Jesus. 34. Philippe Sandler. 35. Alexandre Zinchenko. 47. Phil Foden. 55. Brahim Diaz. Officials, referee Michael Oliver. Assistant referees, Simon Bennett, Stuart Burt, fourth official, Andre Mariner. Fixtures. Today's other fixtures, both 1.30pm kickoffs: Liverpool versus West Ham United, Southampton versus Burnley. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.